0: I solemnly swear that I will tell
1: the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help me, God. Yeah, hi guys. Ronnie here from the Truth About Addiction. Uh, today's guest is my good friend Brocky, and um, I've known Brock since he was a wee young fellow, about seventeen years of age. And uh, he's got a great story of redemption, a great story of recovery, and a great story of being a good human being. You know. So, hi Brocky, how you doing, brother?
0: Uncle Ronnie, pleasure to be here. I'm excited. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, mate. I'm excited. I really am. You know, like you like the son that I never had to have sex with to have. You know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yet they say Yet. this of addiction. You're eligible too. Yes,
1: yeah. mate. You are <clears throat> you have a beautiful story, mate. You just want to fill us in, like age, which day you started using, your family background. Just go for it, mate.
0: Yeah, cool. I have um. I just wanted to say, too, before we get began, it's just been so nice listening to your podcast have come out, and I'm just, um, yeah, I'm actually quite moved and inspired, you know, you know how much I love you, and having the opportunity to be here is really special, so, um, and I was thinking about, you know, the truth about addiction, and I've been thinking about that, you know, and, and talking about the truth, and there's lots of misconceptions around addiction and, and what you're doing, you know, just carrying the message and, and telling people what it's like and that, you know, it, it's, it's special. So I've, um, like you said, I've known you for a while. I met you when I was 17 and I was um, a kid, kid in, a kid in prison. You know, I was in Boyd's at the time and um, that's where our paths first crossed. And you know, I was there because I was an addict and I was an addict and I used and, you know, when you talk about addiction and, and that, that's what I've come to learn is it's just about that um, obsession and compulsion and the inability to, to not stop. You know, I couldn't stop. So it's, um, it's, it's, it's funny when you think of where to start and I guess just starting there is probably the main point because that's where our paths crossed. And I was a 17-year-old kid and I would found myself um, spending the previous few years in, in juvie and I just found that sort of that belonging that I was longing for. You know, I always felt different, um, seeking connection and I thought I'd found that in, in a little tribe of um, in knockabouts, you know, we're just all kids and we're um, drinking and drugging and you know, getting into mischief, breaking into houses and you know, stealing cars and you know, that that I always had this thought too, you know, when I was a kid I thought oh, I'll stop one day, you know, when I'm an adult and you know, I always had this, I'm just having fun, I'm just having a party, you know, leave me alone and, and everything but doesn't work that way you know it doesn't just i didn't end up just stopping and progressed you know we talk about that that progression and you know i just
1: thought i had to, i ended
0: up, had to do more to get more drugs to stop feeling the way that i felt which was just that feeling of desperation and and um yeah so i ended up in jail at a young age of 17 and you know it didn't stop there for me either you know they say prisons are, are there for rehabilitation and that i had none of that and you know, I just met, you know, I, it was quite a significant time for me because as a, a vulnerable young man and having no role models growing up, you look up to other people in, in that system, and you know the role modelling there is just they've got it so backwards, and it's so backwards. And you know, I always, um, I've got, a, I want to share a story. I don't know if you remember it or not. I remember I, I would have been eighteen, and I was in um, in the yard. And i was throwing the basketball at this dude that was just laying up the back of the corner minding his own business and i was tormenting him you know i was looking for a bite just got probably bored you know or looking to change the way i felt you know drugs was only one way to change the way we feel in that sort of system you, you know sometimes you pick a fight for someone just to, to be entertained or you know change the way i feel and a lot of the people that i looked up to they would like encourage that because they had it all backwards themselves but you was in that yard and you came up to me and you said hey the fuck are you doing leave him alone and i was like it stayed with me because no one else would do that like you, and you've got a really unique story because you got through that system but you had your principles mm-hmm. you know i didn't know at the time but it stayed with me that moment and that was that attraction and that's when i actually respected you more because you know i, I respected you because you, you stood out you know you stood you weren't you weren't a follower you know, like all them other older crims and that, they they g you up to fight. You know, they'd be into people all from bullshit, and you know? I was all bullshit. None of it was real or founded in truth. So, yeah, I, don't, I just don't know. Yeah, I just wanted to share that with you too because that was the moment when I looked at you know, and I just thought, fuck. Because like, no one pulled. You know, was, I was like, I was pulled up, but I was pulled up respectfully.
1: Yeah, I do remember it actually. <clears throat> yep. And that they was um, that,
0: terrible. That was, yeah, so that was 2005 and, and I was 18 by then and you know our paths crossed on and off through you know that to that time I, I was young you know I just got given a three-year sentence and I did every day of it because I didn't get parole because there was no programs that spoke about you know change of behavior or learning about the way I think or I felt. so I'll just fast forward to um, 2009 you know when we're at Berlinen. What a God job, you know. By that stage, I'd already done, you know, five years in prison and um, as a 23-year-old 20, kid and, you know, I wasn't getting any better. And, you know, thank God our paths crossed because that was a massive turning point for me in about learning about um, this thing that, we, that we're talking about today, addiction and the disease. Uh, it was when it all changed for me.
1: Then right, we were very blessed to have that program we had. <clears throat> For the viewers that don't know, um, in Burrell and Correctional Centre in two thousand and nine, the general manager there was a guy named Guy Buff, and he was from a private company called Circo, and he believed in rehabilitation. His attitude was, they come in from drug drug addictions and drug problems, they use while they're in prison because we don't teach them anything, and then we keep them in prison because they're drug addicts. Then we release them at full time as drug addicts, and they commit more crimes and we're surprised. You know, he was he, he was a visionary guy, Buff. He really was, you know. And he allowed us to start the unit in C12, and we um, had, you know, I had I had um, <clears throat> um, Scotty over here today, you know, who I also met in prison, and he's 14 years clean, you know, and you know a lot of good stuff came out of um, out of out of adversity, and you know something that was supposed to have been a bad thing turned out to be a good thing for a lot of other people, you know, like my going back to prison. Um, his trauma controversial and it's, you know, it is what it is. And, um, <clears throat> but at least while I was there, I made lemonade out of lemons, you know? So, you know, that's, that's the beauty of my life that I've been given a chance to make the best out of bad situations. You know, I wouldn't have met you. I wouldn't have met a lot of people, you know, i some of the closest people in my life are through that 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 time I was I spent in prison. because you know, my real friends all dropped off while I was in prison. And you know, my real good mates for twenty and thirty years all fell away. <clears throat> you know, all because of their own selfishness and greed and their lack of principles. And uh, my new friends became my true friends. You know, so it's not a one way street. You know, our our friendships are. Two-way street, you know, and you know that with me. And um, so in 2009 you you were doing the program in there with us Yeah, parole. When did you get released?
0: Yeah, so that that's why that
1: program was so powerful because prior
0: to any of that, I'd never had any chance of parole or anything like that. And um, basically by going into that program at C12, the thing about it was there was a group of, I think it was thirty. It was a 30-man unit. So at that time, there was 30 of us in this unit. And out of those 30 men, there's yourself and a couple of other names come to mind that were just, I'd, just, I'd seen them through the prison system. They were just addicts and violent, um, put in the category of never possibly been able to change. A lot of them were doing life, life laggings. But there was this group of us, and we'd all actually stopped using and it was, it's fucking powerful because out of those 30 men, we were um, learning about the disease. We, were, we had each other's backs. There was the odd sort of, like you know, and they, we'd pull him up. We don't want that here. You know, if you want to use, that's your business. Get out of the unit <clears throat> and use somewhere else. Yep. And, and, but there was us group there that were just like, and to me that will stay with me forever because it shows me the power of this program. Yeah. Things the likes of, you know, Stewie D and, and, and them that just were just, they were and I saw like light in their eyes. Like, it was incredible. And I'd been in that, you know, other times with him in the prison where I'd seen him like jump on someone's head with blood squirting out of the ears. So I just to see the transformation. Like, so that's why I say to everyone, I love it too. Like it's an inside job. And I had that moment with you where I was sitting in a cell right now about um, doing some writing. And um, I had this moment where I just felt peace and joy and happiness. And I had nothing material. I had. Yeah. I was sitting actually in a prison cell with no freedom, but go figure. I felt the most freest I ever felt because I thought there's a chance for me when I get out. Now I thought, geez, you know what? I can make a goal. There is, it's not my um, destiny because I'd always just thought this is it. You know, this is this is who I am. This is all I've got going on, and you know that that hope. You know, that's probably the word. Hope. It is hope was born, and um. Yeah like I was saying, because my behaviour changed. You know, I was not getting into fights, no no longer swearing at screws outside of my mouth, you know, with all this bravado and stuff that I thought I had to be to be a man as well because there's a lot of other stuff happening in that tender age of 18 to 22 when you form an identity in that. And so all that stuff started shifting and, you know, I got a crack at parole and I went to a rehab and, you know, I didn't get it straight away. You know, it wasn't the most supportive joint, but the seed had been planted. And then yep. I started when I started using again, it was just so painful like spiritually and um you know I was just back in I was in and out of jail again for a little bit, but in come two thousand and eleven um, I got out and I was just like I just had this moment where I just knew I had to do something I knew where to go you know like I had I had faith that um if I just did the basic little things right and you were still in jail at the time, you know I think yeah. you got out. I went all year the time, new clean. So, <clears throat> but for that twenty that year, I just did. You know, I did exactly what you told me to do from in there, and it worked. Yeah, You know, I slowly just started. Um, you know, for me, it was a victory just being able to pay rent for the first time. You know, I'd never done that. Make a doctor's appointment. You know, and I, and I rode around on a push bike for the first eighteen months, so I couldn't get a license, and um, it was just really what I needed. I didn't need it to be really fast, and and that like, was just yeah it was it's such a good job you know I'm just so grateful yeah. because for someone like me that could not stay out of jail um disease runs in my family you know it's its a, it's a family disease, you know my mum is an addict and you know it's like being born around it and having it you know, that, I had zero chance you know they just stamped me you know they stamped me as someone that would just be in and out of prison and that, and, that, and it's not like that today it's very
1: um very different you know I'm
0: very blessed.
1: Talking about today, Rocky. <coughs> Um these days you're working in um, far north Queensland. Before that you were working in Darwin, uh, up in um, Northern Territory. You've been working in helping people for a long time now. That's what you've sort of taken on as a career now. Yeah, I'm very, very lucky. I remember when I first uh, um,
0: started getting my life back on track and, and um, I just one thing that made sense to me early on was you know and it's a value that I have today so it's just around service you know I can only um can only keep what I have unless I give it away and, and I was very lucky you know I went to um went to went back to TAFE and did a bit of study and then I found out that you know I wasn't that story that I was always telling myself you know I wasn't useless or hopeless and that and i I went to university and and um and I found a like a career path that suited me and and I over the last few years I've been working in remote Aboriginal communities and you know, I'm an Aboriginal man and I was disconnected from my culture as a young person as well through, you know, the disease of addiction again and you know, I've been able to rewrite my story. And you know, I've been able to just take um take the experience of, you know, what the the mistakes that I made early on in life and um transform them into, you know, it's like you said at the start, making making lemonade out of lemons, you know. It's my greatest gift today when I'm sitting down working with someone at the moment. I'm doing um, counselling work in a remote community and combating people that suffer um, from alcoholism at a, at a really high rate and also the impacts of trauma and, and colonisation and the missionaries from the old days and I can just connect with someone on a deep level if I take that from my own experience but also, you know, just the skills and tools that I've learned from, you know, from that extra stuff that I've done. So, yeah, I, I pinch myself every day. I just sit here and think, how did I end up here? You know, like, how did I end up doing what I'm doing, doing what I love, being around, um, you know, beautiful people, you know, like just deeply connected and um, and it's all because of, you know, that that decision. And that hope that was that was born, you know, sitting in that cell
1: over
0: over over ten years ago.
1: Yeah. It's pretty it's pretty incredible. You know. It is pretty incredible what happens when you change your thinking and your reactions and your actions and um start putting a program into your life. You know, it can be a simple programme. It doesn't have to be anything complicated, you know, you know, simple I like it. as long as I don't pick up I can't get stoned. It's really that simple. It's the first one that kills you. I was talking to David Abita this, today and I said to him, um, when you get hit by a train, what kills you? The first carriage or the last.
0: <laughs>
1: and he went, and he just seen his eyes, he goes, I've never heard that before. You know, we say that a lot. And he goes, can I use that? I said, of course you can. You know, it's the first drug or drink or pill that we take that creates the damage because we start a compulsion that we haven't got the power to stop. That's why we need a power greater than ourselves. You know, we all have to find a spiritual path and a spiritual advisor. Mm. You know, we, we we have to. I've had the same spiritual advisor for 36 and a half years, you know, as you know. And um, if he tells me to jump, I jump. If he tells me to hop on one leg, I'll hop on one leg because it's because of his direction and protection over the last 36 and a half years that I've been able to stay drug-free one day at a time. You know, it's not its not um, rocket science. The only thing I do is I'm humble enough to take advice. Mm. I guess that's my greatest asset is my humility today to not to think that I'm in control of what's going on in my life. You know, I have a loving higher power as he expresses himself, and I know you do too. I know you're a spiritual human being. and I think that's what we lacked when we were out there in jails and in institutions and in active addiction, we, we lacked any sort of spirituality and we lacked any, 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 any belief and any hope. I, I was a no-hoper. The judge told me I was a no-hoper. Corrective services told me I was a no-hoper. My father told me I was a no-hoper. <clears throat> and I agreed. I, I believed I was a no-hoper as I used to believe what my brain told me. My brain doesn't tell me that stuff anymore. You know, because I've reprogrammed my thinking, not to allow my brain to lie to me. Because that's what it was doing; it was lying to me for many years. Because you know, we we weren't born with horns and nasty people. You know, we we're born human beings, and it took years of practice to get the horns and the nastiness. <laughs> you know, and it took lots of practice. <laughs> and you know, the reality is, anyone who thinks that um, you know drug addictions are walk in the park, or we do it because you know, any other reason. No, we do it because we have a problem. We have a, a deficiency somewhere and I don't want to get into the, you know, the philosophical bullshit as Mister <laughs> as a friend of ours used to say, you know. Yeah. It's not relevant of what we had. It's what we do about it, um, you know. Yeah. It's not relevant how I got my affliction, my disease, my, my problem. What's important is what am I going to do about it today. Yeah. And I only have a daily reprieve. I believe that. You know, a lot of spiritual places talk about being in the moment, meditation, yoga. It's all about the moment, about breath, and being in the moment, right here, right now. Everything's okay, and Mm. it's the truth. You know, and that's why I love the truth. Uh, You know, that's why I wrote this book. The truth, the truth, it doesn't change. And you don't have to have a good memory if you tell the truth. You know, my last trial, I was hopeless on in in the box trying to bullshit. You know, it's hopeless. Like those days are gone. I'm not that person anymore. You know, I can't oh, just. I love, I love what you said too, Ron, and it's the
0: reason that I've um, is the simplicity of it, and that's why I love yeah. it. any advice you give me. It's very practical. It's so sometimes it's it sounds too simple because yeah. I, my mind can complicate. You know, if I'm thinking I've got to this, this, and this. He will just say, read this, you know, and I'll read it, and I'll guarantee you the second after I read it, I feel different. Yeah. And not only different, nine times out of ten I feel better. And Mm. it's so simple, and that's what I love, like this. um, I was listening to a conversation you had with someone the other day and and the advice that, you know, your spiritual advisor gave you, call me back after you've had something to eat, have a shower, you know, sometimes as an addict or as a human being too, it's not just a human, it's not just anything. Emotions can become overwhelming, you know. What yeah. do we do for so many years when emotions become overwhelming? Have another one, numb it out, numb it out, you know, and just learning these really basic, cause, and I believe what we've got is so special. It should be being taught to um, everybody. Yeah, I agree. You know, like the, the program that we've got or the way that we live and, you know, these spiritual concepts which are, are shared all around in, you know, almost you know, spiritual concepts like you shared is is about being present, you know, grateful, you know. And one thing that I wanted to say too is um, a lot of and you mentioned it too, like, being being truthful and honest. You don't have to remember the lies. And that the core of my disease is is, is fear, is I'm yeah. always so afraid of not having enough, having too much, missing out, not being good enough, like all that stuff is it's, it's an underlying. Um, sense that my mind can get hold of and run with you know so you know having a bit of faith today like like you said in this moment you know since i've been clean i have never gone without food and i've never had to sleep in a park i've never you know none of when i was using that happened a lot you know and i'll I'll create more of it through my actions but in this moment you know just for today i've got more than i need and you know you know you've taught me a lot around that you know people see see you too and you know you were successful because you you know, the, lucky, the luckier you are, the harder you work. You know, and yeah, you work exactly. harder what you've got. You know, and people see that, but they don't see underneath that it means jack shit to you. Yeah, it's just, it's just, you know, and I know that. You know, I know that for you, you've got fucking so much in your life because you work hard and you, you, you know, you've got these principles. But underneath it all, you know, like I see the phone calls you make to the newcomer. You know, to, you've reached out to me. You know, and all that stuff. People don't see that. You know, yeah. they don't see that. They think, oh, how did you get to here? because you give and the more we give the more we receive
1: yeah i I haven't told you i i've been looking after a guy for the last three days and it's been hectic he's um been coming off heroin been using for 20 years (coughs) and um i know his family and they asked me if i'd help him i go yeah cool you know i always say yes yeah of course i'll help him so anyway two days ago when i first spoke to him he was like oh three days ago oh thank you ron thank you ron you know He's going to cold turkey at home with his brother looking after him. His brother's a friend of mine and yours. So I won't say who it is. But um. <clears throat> and I said to him, go to the doctor, get some stuff to stop you from vomiting, get some Valium, get some penadine for it. I'm going to take the edge off it for him and try to make it as easy as possible. So anyway, first 48 hours, he was. I spoke to him for, at 48 hours and he was sick. Mm. And, you know, that vomiting. The crocodile legs, fucking. And, mate, you know what? It's been 36 and a half years since I used, but when I was listening to him. Mm. They had me on speaker, and then he's vomiting green bile into the toilet. Oh, fucking right. Like and, and it just brought back so much. And then 6.30 this morning the phone rang. His brother was on the phone and said he wants to get on. I said, put him on, and I'm talking to him. I said, mate, you're nearly there. 60 hours he's done. I said, you're nearly there. Give me another 12 hours. You'll be through the physical part of the withdrawals. Mm. And I said, go and have a hot bath, take two Valium, and go and have a rest. Just chillax for the rest of the day.
0: Mm.
1: Cut a long story short. An hour later, I had a bad feeling. I rang back his brother and I said, hey, mate, what's going on? He said, yeah, he's gone. Mm. I said, what is he? He said, yeah, he's gone and got on. So he let the fear and the obsession compulsion take control of him. Yeah. And I, and I felt really sad and I felt really sick and I thought I can imagine when he had the shot, he mm. would have felt relief. Yep. Fifteen minutes later, he would have felt remorse. Yep. And felt like he'd failed again. Yeah. And his brother said to me, ah, oh, he's a weak cunt. And I said, no, he's not. Stop. Mm. I said, he's sick. Yeah. I said, you don't understand. You're, you're not an addict. His brother's not an addict. I said, you don't understand. He's suffering with a disease. I said, you got what you call a compulsion. I said, and he's not strong enough to fight the compulsion. He said, he's not a bad person. He's a sick person.
0: Mm.
1: I said, you need to be more gentle. Yeah. I said, but next time we know that he wants you to help him, you can't help him. He's got to go to detox. Because I want him to go to detox first. Yeah, detox. His yeah. brother's like, no, no, I'll do it, I'll do it. Anyway. Yeah. So the motto of the story was 36 and a half years ago, I was feeling like he was this morning, and in a heartbeat, I was back there. Mm-hmm. I actually felt physically sick.
0: I was yeah. emotionally
1: really sad. Um, my wife looked at me because, you know, 16 in the morning people don't ring us. And my wife looked at me and she said, you all right? I said, not really.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I said, I'm just sad. You know, I just feel sad. Yeah. I because I know where he's going back to. I said, there's nothing good going to come out of this. You know, and I just hope that he gets back, you know, because but not everyone gets clean the first time. You know, I didn't.
0: And and that's the thing too, Ron, that we need to realise this disease is so powerful that you know through I can only imagine the thousands of faces that you've seen that have come and had a crack at this, and um, not not everyone gets clean the first time, and not all, and we're so lucky. I pinch that's why I'm I'm so vigilant and complacent following your footsteps, because I know one bad compulsion or an obsession that I could have today. And, I, and that's what's – I could go straight back to that. And I don't want to lose what I've got today. I've just got so much in my life. Before I got clean, I had nothing. and I, yeah. did, I had nothing. I can sit here and say that. I had nothing physically, emotionally, spiritually. I had nothing.
1: Yeah.
0: And today, yeah, just that. And I, I, I always think about it when I'm sitting around and I'm watching people and I just think – I just really hope, you know, in a year's time or two years cause I know that it gets better and I just know that it opens up, you know. Mm. It opens up so much possibility and, and hope, and you know, it's like you say, you know, it's we get we, we stay clean and we carry this message that there is a way out. We don't, we our job is to plant seeds, you know. Yeah. And, and hearing you speak to that dude, you know, for the last couple of days, and that, and and when his brother said, "Oh, he's weakened," so we need to show compassion because I know yeah. it's, you know, I don't trust myself when I'm using. when well, he someone starts saying what someone's been doing when they're using, I said. Fuck, you wouldn't want to be around me when I'm, you know, because no. I don't know where I go to. So, you know, that's why I think that therapeutic value of someone that's been through that and coming out the other side is is in comparison to nothing. You know, it's, true. There's so much it's blood true. And healing It's that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, um, <clears throat> you know, I believe we're blessed. I believe with recovery comes a great responsibility. I believe it's a gift. But I believe it's an incredible responsibility to always be there for this someone else. You know, my wife's not an addict, but she's been with me for 10 years and she knows if the phone rings, I'm going to answer it. Yeah. No matter what time of the day or night it is, that's my responsibility. And it's a very small payment for the gifts I've been given. You know, for the gifts I've been given, money can't put it on. I was talking to someone today and they were talking about money. And I said to him, mate, you don't understand. Time is more value than money. I said, Cause I can't make more time. I said, I've always made money. I can't make more time. I said, so if I give you $100, that's nothing. If I give you five minutes, that's a great deal. Mm. I said, so what you got to understand is the gift of giving is your time, not financial. You know, anyone can donate money and all that sort of shit. But give somebody your time, sit down and listen to them when really you don't want to listen to them because mm. yeah. really you want to be somewhere else. You want to be with your kids because yeah. for every time I say yes to somebody, I'm saying no to somebody else.
0: Yep.
1: You know, for every time I say yes, I'll spend an hour with you. I don't spend an hour with my kids. Yeah. Or I don't spend an hour with my wife. And that's why I say to people, if you don't want to get clean, that's your business. Don't waste my time because there's someone out there that really needs my time. And that's something that I've loved and respected about
0: you dearly is you've, you call a spade a spade, Ron, and you always yeah. have, you know, because you know, you know that, you know, if you, if if you're not, if someone's not serious or, you know, they're just at that point, I, I say it too, like, cause there's there's hundreds of people that, can, that I can, you know, that are there that could be, um, yeah. hear what we've got to say or, you know, if I think about it all the time, what like, through part of our what we do, you know, spending time with another person, understanding disease, and that like doing that, there's no um, like, there's no thought for me. Like it's not like, oh, do I do it or not? Like, as soon as that opportunity arises, it's like yes, it comes with the top yeah. priority. Sort of like, I don't even, say, it's not, it's like it's, yeah. I guess it's that saying. And my will is finally slowly lining up my high powers. Will and it. and it's it is for me to be there and share my experience, strength, and hope to help that person in whatever they're going through. You know, then um, that's a gift, you know. That's that's a gift to be able to be able to do that. You know, I've never had that in my life. you know. I was incapable.
1: I tell you what's really funny. I don't. You t- tell me if you get the same thing. <clears throat> Sometimes I say yes, right, because that's my yeah. normal reaction. Go, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. And then my disease goes like, oh, there's nothing in it for you. I'm going to say, I oh, fucking piss off, yeah. piss yeah. off. But my first is, yeah, yeah, all right, oh, yeah, well, mate, we'll do it tomorrow. Yep. my disease goes, oh, you wanted to go shooting tomorrow? Yeah, well, fishing for me. It's yeah, I want to go like,
0: I'll go fishing to <laughs> <or> come- <laughs> that, That's the disease and that's why there's no cure for this. That's why we've got to do this. We've got to stay yeah. engaged and chat like, my thoughts can still go. I'll ring you up with stuff and, you know, you'll just be yeah. like.
1: Yeah, I told God, you I spoke to Mario the other week about something I thought was 100% right and he's like, mate, you're fucking nowhere. Mm. 36 and a half years clean. and I was sure I was right and when I told him he just started laughing he said are you serious <laughs> I go, he said mate you're fucking way off left field and then you know he told me and as soon as he told me I was like and I go and make amends to my wife sorry <laughs> I was wrong you were right again again <laughs> again <laughs> yeah no you know I'm so blessed mate I'm so blessed to have family and yeah. You know, you are part of my family, you know that. And, um, yeah. you know, mate, you know, <clears throat> 2002 when I met you, whatever I think it was, when you were 17, was that 2002? Yeah, 2002, 2003, I think, something like that, in the boys' show? Yeah. You know, it's you know, fucking 18 years later, you know, we, we hang out together, our family, a family, um, you know. We're blessed. We are so blessed. We are. And I believe, you know, I was talking to someone today about it. I believe our higher power let us get clean, helped us get clean, encouraged us to get clean um, because he's got a bigger picture planned for us. You know, he's got good shit for us. You know, I mean, mate, the stuff you will do is unbelievable. You really downplayed it a lot. Mm. You really downplayed it a lot. You know, you spent years now in Aboriginal communities away from all your friends and family for months and months and months at a time, mm. you know, when you're on the island, um, that was incredible. The, yeah. The work you do on the island with the women there was out of control. I don't know anyone else who could have done it. I really don't, mm. you know, and, honestly. And I'm also
0: grateful that you got to come up and, and see that too and see mm. that side, you know, because it's um, it's like I said to you, you know, people see the see the outside but they don't see the behind the scenes stuff of how we are, yeah. with you know. and then. You know, I, just, I love it there. You know, I love the people that I get to be a part of their lives. And, you know, I say it all the time while I was up there, it was a mutual exchange of, and yeah. you know, I was getting as much from them as I was giving them as well through that, you know, giving again, like so just yeah. in whatever position it was, you know, through that. And I got my heart was filled and, you know, I've still got beautiful connections with them. And they And you do too, you know, they always yeah. ask about us and how beautiful you can go somewhere and, and have, have leave a, um, leave someone feeling better and uplifted. In, as the opposite you know I always say I've got this disease you know, I have the capacity to shed blood or spread love and it's up mm. to me it's my responsibility because i will always be one and so it's like okay who do I want to be what's a legacy you know it is you know we, I just well, yeah it is we are I just get emotionally thinking about it, and I've, I could never do that too you know can I feel it feel the joy and the gratitude here around what this meeting you and well, I didn't say it too my mum always says it too I was the sort of person that wouldn't just get out and just oh I'm gonna ch-, you know so it's it's you now high power is so instrumental and had so much in um, in that like I couldn't couldn't ride it myself you know yeah. what I've been able to do from that kid that was in jail and turn it around and be doing what I'm doing now you know like I got to you know my brother you know twelve step and him was the fucking one of the greatest things I got to do and you know being there for my niece when she was born and you know, just this this I've got think like five godchildren, you know. Like it's, yeah. uh, I get, to, you know, look, I spend time, and um, yeah, it's it's so. And I, I, was, like, I was I was had something on the weekend, and I was talking to so someone. I said, I can't even attempt to put words to how beautiful and and unbelievable what I've been given. Like it's, it just doesn't do it any justice. But we know because we get to live it, you know. Yeah.
1: Yep, and we do live it, and that's you know, <coughs> excuse me, mate. That's why I say we're human beings not human taken because before we were human takers now we're human being you know i i love life i like people i don't you know we can't change the world but we can change ourselves in changing ourselves just we may just be able to touch one person help them change and that person touches one person helps that person change we will change the world because the world has to change
0: yeah
1: because the direction it's heading is not great i don't believe you know i'm 67 years of age and I've seen a lot in 67 years you know I've seen from when we had a phone that used to wind the handle and talk to the lady down the operator to a dial phone to a phone on the street to a big brick mobile when I first got clean you now seven grand for this big fucking phone you had to have someone to, to carry it for you to so now you have a phone and a watch you know Maxwell Smart <clears throat> you know so that's the stuff I've seen in my short period of life and um you know Society really needs to have another look. I was talking to someone today, again, when I was a kid, you could play outside till the lights came on and you had to come home. Today I won't let my kids out the front. Yeah. You know, something's gone wrong in our society badly. Yeah. You know, and drugs have had a lot to do with it, but also the sickness of internet and, you know, mm. pornography and the violence in movies and all this stuff that um, we that we like and that we entertain ourselves with, there's got a lot to answer for. Yeah. And that's why I started this podcast because I've realised if this is used wisely and used for good, we can reach a lot more people. Yeah. And that's my motivation behind this. I think, you know, yeah. you know, you know my motivation is just to carry the message that, you know, you can't stop using. Yeah. You don't have to live a life of degradation and dereliction. Mm. I'm not talking about spiritual and emotional, not physical. Physical is nothing. Mm. You know, I can go and rob someone tomorrow and I've got money. Mm. I've always been able to get drugs. I've always been able to get money, you know. People think drug addicts have got no money. Well, how do we get score every day? <laughs> you know, we always managed to get, you know, a couple hundred a day. And yeah. that was back in the days when a couple hundred was a lot of money. We were getting a couple hundred a week for wages, you know, and I was making, you know, a lot of money. But it was always going straight up my arm and straight to the dealer. You know, today, you know, I can get by without very much money. It's really funny. You know, today I don't need a lot of money because I don't waste it. Today I don't need a lot of anything. Mm-hmm. You know, I've already got.
0: And that's like um, addicts when we use them. We're extremely resourceful. We will yep. go to great lengths, go to any means necessary. And then you, when I get someone that's new and I'm talking to them and getting to know them on that and explaining what I did, I said I took that energy of what I did every day and it was hard work. I was so, I don't forget it. But now, like, when we put that energy into, you know, doing a bit of reading or a bit of writing, or, you know, and put that energy into that, that can create that positivity. And I've seen it. I watch people. I watch people as they progress. We're so blessed. We get to watch people grow and change, and, you know, from the outside or up close. And I've seen it happen to so many people, and they put that energy into creating a new life of, um, you know, limitless possibilities. And and we've got a very, um, I believe this is, you know, we've got, this, we've got this this, innate drive, something in us. You know, I'm the same. When I first started this, learning about this, I realized I've got a very obsessive nature. Mm-hmm. So I started steering it towards things that were healthy, the gym. Yep. And then I started putting it into things like reading. If I pick up a book. I'll, I'll, I'll obsessively read it. So I started picking up books that were speaking about spirituality and, you know, and I started becoming obsessive with meditation. So I could channel that obsessive nature, fishing. You know I me, mean? if I'm not doing this stuff, I'll let it the in You know, So
1: <coughs> it's, it's not a problem yet. Beck might disagree. <laughs> <laughs> it's a problem for me with lures every time I come up there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah nah. I've never done an armed robbery for a fish. <laughs> 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 Give us all your motherfucking fish, man. <laughs> Yeah. And that's sort
0: you know that's what really like help people some people can they use and they drink sociably then there's that point explained to people we can't tell you if you' are an addict or not. like so are you what's unmanageability mean and the big one that I focus on is the emotional unmanageability. I had absolutely nothing externally well thought wasn't doing too well either, but just that internal that depression that desperation that loneliness like I felt alone I was so, you know, and i was not just numbing the pain and um I loved what um, you did a podcast recently. Someone talked about dope being a remover of fear. And, oh, man, I just sat there and I thought, yes. So I was always in a fear-driven state. And it's like today I'll counter that with faith. I just know, you know today everything's going to be all right if I don't pick up a drink or drug. And I've, the evidence is in my life for that, you know. It's, there's nothing that's so, you know, and I've had some tough times. I've been clean, you know, 10 years and, you know, been to funerals and, I can, last year was a pretty was a pretty scary year for me. You know, i come close to not working on a program, being distant and, you know, but at the end of the day, nothing that it will improve if I have a drink or drug. I just know that it's in my heart. It's like that it's, it's inner knowing now. It's not in, in my, at the beginning it was mental. Like I was just getting it drummed in and drummed in, but now it sits right here in my heart. I know that nothing will, I know what's on the other side of that and that's a nice place for me to be because I know that I can do anything for a day. Know, whatever That's, challenge, and I've learned there's no mistakes in, in in recovery. There's no mistakes. The only mistake is picking up. Everything else is a learning. I've learned exactly. so much more mistakes. There's no mistakes. The only mistake you make is pick up. Yeah. And even then, if you do, get your ass back to wherever you need to go. Get a hold of your loved ones. Get a hold of your support network. You know.
1: Yeah, hundred percent, man, hundred percent. You know, I um, <laughs> I count my blessings every day. I know I'm one drink away from being a fucking drunk and I'm one drug away from being a, a using addict. And, um, you know, I choose not to on a daily basis to let my mind be in control of my heart. Mm. My heart controls my mind, not the other way around. You know, a lot of brilliant people say that, you know, the greatest thing that's killing man is that man's mind's turning on himself and it is because of the outside influences. We have so much crap going on outside of ourselves and stuff that, we've, that we're powerless, of, you know. Like I say to people all the time, like, you're worrying about a job in a month's time. What a waste of time. you got the job interview in a month's time and you're worrying about it now. God, you know, that's not sanity. That's, but that's normal people. That's not just drug addict. That's normal people. Oh, I'm trying to get a loan. I'm really worried. Wait, wait till they give you the answer. Worry won't worry won't fix nothing. But a diseased mind really likes worry because it will give you excuses to act out in other areas and other defects. And as you know, I talk about defects of character. It's a Pandora's box. You can't just bring out worry without insecurity, fear, crime, you know, dishonesty, all the other defects of character coming out. You just can't open up and go, oh, I'm going to have lust today. It doesn't work like that. You know? you, you, I wish it did, yeah. but it doesn't, you know, because if I get lustful, I get fearful, I get, you know, mm-hmm. I get paranoid, I get um, secretive and I get, my disease loves secrets. Oh, yeah. Give me a secret and let me play with your brain. Mm-hmm. Or oh, your phone just rang. Don't let anyone answer that. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a text. Don't let, don't touch anyone that. You know, like all that stuff that just plays on our insecurities which reassures us that we're not worthy. And, you know, I always say, you know, a grateful addict won't use drugs. And I also believe a person with self-worth won't self-mutilate because I believe drug addiction is a form of self-mutilation, whether it be alcohol or whether it be chemicals or whatever you choose to put in your body. I believe it's a form of self-mutilation because you're, you're destroying your family, your friends, your spirituality, you know. Just everything, your sexuality, everything just goes down the drain as soon as you start putting a chemical in your body. <clears throat> you know, the question I ask is, can you put a chemical in your body and guarantee your behaviour? They mm. go, what? So can you stop at one? Oh, I've never wanted to. Why? What are you trying to block out? Why do you have to put some chemical in your body to numb yourself? What, what's so painful about your you, your life, that needs to be numbed? That's what we need to deal with.
0: If yeah, you the take core. the drugs
1: out, you've still got the same problem. Yeah. And that's why people don't stay clean because they don't deal with the core. And that's what you've always
0: drummed into me. It's not the drugs. It's the thinking. It's your thinking. It's it here. It's that mind that will create scenarios, what you mentioned, and worries and that, and fear. And I'll do other people's thinking for them. I think i know what's going on. Like, If I don't have a defence mechanism against that, which is – Handing it over or talking to another person, getting it in, you know, that will
1: just,
0: yeah. it will ring, it run rings around me.
1: And nine times out of 10, you're wrong. Yeah. No, yeah, that's right. Yeah, nine times out of 10, your thinking is wrong. What oh, you're thinking yes. they're thinking is wrong. Yeah, never you never know, got – yeah. like when people relapse, you know, and they ring you up and they go, oh, mate, I feel bad. I'm just glad they're back. Yeah. I'm yeah. not judging so them. What, there's no judgment.
0: That's what my heart is mm. completely open to anyone that sits. And I say it all the time I don't like everyone. The place yeah. we go, but I respect them, and fuck, I respect the effort, and I, don't, I see the yeah. background of what it takes to sit there and have a red hot crack. I'm, 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 and I'll help anyone. You know, I've seen it. higher oh, player is funny. He gives us these scenarios. I think I was with you one day, and there's this, yeah, there's this, this person, and that you know that really offended me and quite disrespectful, and I had this sort of feeling of ill will towards them, but I'd let it go. But then when I saw them and they asked for help, they, instantly I was just like, oh, they're back, and I put mm. my hand out, you know, so like something takes over me.
1: Yeah. Only
0: place, you know so if it was my my choice and i will get myself into all sorts. I learnt that look before yeah. I met you, look where I ended up, I was sitting in prison with absolutely nothing, so I'm under okay. no illusion to if I think I've got this under control or I can run the race and that and why would I want to do that? Like look at the, my life I've had now when I mean, I've just gotten out of the way and learnt the principles of surrender and faith and you know it's what would I want spiritual
1: any awakening I believe. It's a spiritual awakening we're given, and the spirit is love and compassion. You now, my high power loves me, understands me, forgives me. Love, understanding, and compassion. Compassion is forgiveness. All the things I always wanted, you know, man. But, um, mate, look, you know, I love you dearly. Thank you very much for coming on the truth of addiction, and the truth is that you can leave this podcast and never use again. Yeah, it's <laughs> that's the reality, isn't it? You know. And I hope that just, you know, one listener can hear this. If you like this, please subscribe and follow. Um, We do this because we want people to get the message. We don't do it for any other reason. Our motivation is to carry a message of hope, trust and faith and, you know, have faith in yourselves that, you know, one day at a time you do recover. Thanks, Brocky. Thanks, Uncle Ronnie. Lots of love. I solemnly swear that I will
0: tell the truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help me God.